back to the ice cream parlor. This is Heidi. And I'm Stefan. And this is the podcast where we watch horror movies. And we talk about them. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. Let's cut that part. <laughs> Why, you don't like my self-explanatory? I thought that <laughs> added to it. All right, fine. So A punch of salt. That was a punch of salt. A, yeah, a punch, not a pinch. <laughs> So this week, I've been keeping you in the dark because you kept me in the dark last week. And so I decided to pick a movie that I think you haven't seen, but you may have seen the remake of it. And um, it's also one that is on many lists of the most disturbing horror movies of all time. I'm excited. I felt like this week, we after The Hills Have Eyes, we might as well take it down to the Amazon and watch Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, are you excited? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. wow. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie. And no. I know it's like one of those, the fuck? You haven't seen this movie? I've seen Green Inferno. Yeah. I've seen Faces of Death. I've seen plenty of other movies where white people go into the jungles or to the or, or to some wilderness somewhere and then get attacked by either nature or the indigenous people of those areas. Right. But I haven't seen Cannibal Holocaust. So what's Faces of Death? That's that old movie where they like, isn't that just that like, it's not like a movie movie you're talking about. No, right? Faces of Death, but they have sequences. You know how they, Faces of Death shows you. Yeah, like war footage and like people yeah, getting shot. But there are some where there's people like supposedly like uh-huh. in these scenarios. Oh, okay. Right. All right. And I did I did watch Green Inferno multiple times. Oh, really? Well, Eli Roth is kind of my main squeeze in my next lifetime. Okay. First is Nicolas Cage. Now Eli Roth. Who else is on your list? Like, can't I just have them all at the same time? I mean, it would be very interesting. Sure. Why not? And for the record, only Nicolas Cage in the movie Con Air. Oh, right. Something about really, really bad accents and wife beaters and... How does it go again? I could eat a peach for hours. But that was in Face Off. Oh, Face Off. That's right. I don't like him in Face Off. He was a predator. (laughs) I guess so. Um, So, yeah, we're going to watch Cannibal Holocaust. I've seen this before, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I watched it because, again, it's on a list of most disturbing horror movies type of thing. So I felt like I should watch all of those movies on that list at one point in time. Um, So the synopsis that I feel um, that I've got for this is that it's... um, Let's see. It's during a rescue mission into the Amazon rainforest, a professor stumbles across lost film shot by um, a missing documentary crew. Cool. Yeah. So kind of Blair Witch meets like. Yeah, something like that. Blair Witch meets uh, Anaconda. Predator? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is Arnold in this movie? (laughs) No, no, I don't. What year was it? Um, this was made in, let's see, I think it was 1980, one year before I was born. Two years before I was born. Great. And the director of this movie is Ruggiero Diodato. What else has he made? Um, let's see. He is also known for Hostel Part 2. Really? Yeah. And Body Count? I don't know, Body Count. Um, Body Count looks like a very old movie, actually. Um, most of the stuff are, they're all, um... Torture movies? That, but mainly, like, foreign. Um, like, 
And even the hostel, it says hostel part two, but then it says something like the Italian version or something like that. Maybe I don't know what they're saying here. I'm trying to look this up on IMDb. Yeah, no. Eli Roth did Hostel Part 2, so I don't know why this guy's getting credited for it at some... What does it say there underneath? So anyways, I'm not a... I don't know the facts. I know that this movie was disturbing back in the days. People, you know, the imagery and the the scenarios were a little bit rough for people to handle. I know a little bit about the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I've never watched it, but just I think because it hasn't just come up as hey, I should watch this or this movie's here right in front of me. But um, I do know that it was banned in many places. And there was even some, I think Spain made the director produce one of the actresses who gets impaled at some point, gets them, she has to show up to court to prove that she was alive because it was so grotesque and it seemed so real that um, they took them to court. Gotcha. Well, I didn't hear about any of that. I also... And this is just my opinion, but when I watched it the first time, again, watching it because it was on a list of like most disturbing horror movies that you should like probably never watch more than once. I didn't feel like that it was that bad. Like, in other words, I feel like the newer modern horror movies push the grotesque and the gore and then the and the boundaries a little bit more. I think this one was just because of the times. Right. Okay. so that's what I was going to ask. It's from the 80s. But did you watch it, like, just in the sequence of it, did you watch it before you watched the Serbian film in Martyrs or after you watched the Serbian film in Martyrs? Well, first of all, I've watched Martyrs many years before Cannibal Holocaust. That aside, I'm talking about when you were going through the list that you found, I guess, way, way back when. Did you watch it before or after the newer movies with a lot more graphic violence and gore? Because it could just be because, you know, maybe you just had too much salt in your diet that day. Because I hear it's supposed to be really good, yes, for the time, but there are a lot of disturbing imagery there. Kind of like um, implied violence. I know there's very, it's very violent and it's very grotesque, but there has to be some kind of implied violence as well. Like Texas Chainsaw, again, the meat hook, and you don't ever see it go in there, but you feel that shit. Yeah, um, what this is what I remember from it, and this is very vague, but I remember, okay, there probably was some um, uh, nudity and some, um, you know, forcefulness towards some of the women um, actresses in the scenes, meaning like maybe they're tied up or they're being dragged or pulled. But I feel like that the worst part that I saw, I think, was that they killed a turtle, and I think they killed the turtle for real. Like they stuck a knife in the turtle's head. Uh, I think it was the cannibal people that did that. I can't remember. I think there's a rape scene in this movie, too. Yeah, but the turtle was still a living yeah, yeah. turtle that I got know killed. that. That's like real violence. That And that really sucks. <laughs> that really fucking sucks. And wasn't it something like that in the last movie we saw? One of the movies we saw recently, too. Something about octopus. Did you watch something with octopus recently? No, we were talking about old boy, maybe, with them eating the octopus alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what it was. So I took my kid to see um, Godzilla versus King Kong, the original, at one of these secret movie club nights that I go to. Oh, yeah. I, I and- forgot. I meant to ask you what you were been up to <laughs> since the last episode. We'll, we'll include it here. Uh-huh. But I took, before I, because I, we skipped a week because I went to Chicago for a week. 
But um, before I went, I took my kid to go see Godzilla versus King Kong at the Secret Movie Club in um, at the Vista. And there, it was the first Godzilla movie in color. But there they had this these uh, squid. They used like four different squids for this one scene. And and they're telling, you know, before the movie starts, they're giving you some trivia. And they're like, oh, you know, they took four squids, but none of them were harmed except for the one that the casting crew ate that day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I saw this old Viking movie one time. It's not a horror movie, but I can't remember the title. It was something like the Norsemen or something weird like that. But they actually like killed the chicken in the movie for real. And disgustingly enough, the guy took a shit on camera for real too. Like you saw Like you poop? see it. Yes. Like coming out of his butt? Basically, yeah. Why? I don't know. But they, they were depicting this guy who got left behind. The Vikings came. So he had to like, poop on the chicken? No, no, no. He didn't poop on the chicken. He was just trying to live in the forest. So they showed scenes of him trying to live. Like he was like, he found a chicken. So he grabbed the chicken and he cut he the chicken. He choked the chicken? Yeah. He cut the head off <laughs> and after he choked it. But he definitely killed the chicken. There was no CGI in that. And he oh didn't gosh. cut it with a knife. I think he just ripped its head off, like, if I remember correctly. Oh, Christ. Yes. Anyways, and they showed him taking a shit for some reason. Okay, so two things come to mind. In the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do take a shit in the woods. Two things come to mind. One. Do you wipe it with a fluffy right, white rabbit? <laughs> you know what? That would have been better than the porcupine. Yeah, that was an <laughs> obscure reference. We'll see how many people get that one. So here's the thing. Two things come to mind for that, ready? One, in Santa Sangre, do you remember where um, Phoenix is standing at, in this room and all these chickens come flying down, but you can tell people had thrown yeah. them and the chickens were like, convulsing on the floor? Yeah. How yeah. fucked up is that? Yeah, that's a little bit fucked up, for sure. And then yeah. the other thing that comes to mind was when you say he takes a shit on camera, I was going to say two girls, one cup. But then that reminded me to one man, one jar. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, so let me tell you. Whoa. No, wait, we're in this already. <laughs> we may as well fucking go for it. One man, one jar? So what this guy does. Takes a shit in a jar. Oh, no, no. You wish. So this is what he does. He gets a jar, like a mason jar, and he puts it on the floor. And then he squats over it and inserts it into his ass. Gross. No, that's not the worst part. The worst part is when he moves or clenches or something and the glass shatters. Okay. And then he spends the, and he starts bleeding out and he spends the rest of the time you see him on film trying to move, but the glass keeps sticking into his asshole and yeah. and he's bleeding and he's saying, ow, ow, ow. Like, what else can you fucking do at that point? Well, I've never heard of that. I'm glad I never heard of that. I don't know what sites you're being on on the internet, but, uh, you know, that's... A, you have what to kind of podcast is this again? <laughs> you, have to, you have to remember that when <laughs> I when the internet started is when I was in my formative years. Okay, I get it. So was <laughs> I, but I just, I mean, I never... I don't know. That's one... I have not seen or heard of, and I'm kind of glad. So either way, back to horror. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrific. <laughs> How does that not count? <laughs> so um, we did skip a week. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Um, I don't know. Really, I same old, same old. Really, I don't know. I have just been living and maintaining and eating and breathing and playing a little bit of music occasionally. And I guess that's it. 
just trying to live life happily. That sounds awesome. Mm, yeah. Kind of just do the things that make you feel good. Yeah. I need a little bit more excitement in my life, but. All right. So do you want me to find you a mason jar? <laughs> no, thanks. I actually have quite a few mason jars, but I've never used them for anything like that before. Um, so, yeah. But uh, other than that, I've just been waiting to watch the next movie with you here. And, uh, and what about you? I know you were away for a little bit. But what, what were you? What have you been up to? So I was in Chicago for a week for work. Um, corporate shit. Corp- corporate shit. Uh, it was nice because I was wined and dined by some vendors and it was fucking awesome. I never had, um, like, what is it? Uh, crab. Uh, you never had crab? Not like that. Not like a big uh, Alaskan king the crab. Other, the other kind of crabs? <laughs> I haven't had those either. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like those big ass legs and you're like oh, yeah. cracking them. But it was like a fancy posh place. And it was funny because I'm like still myself all the fucking time being obscene and whatever it was nice um chicago weather sucked like shit but i did find this really good uh chinese restaurant which was pretty cool i accidentally called it kinky it's not called kinky it's called king he and it's in chinatown (laughs) (laughs) king he (laughs) (laughs) but it was really good actually the potato the scallion potato uh, the the scallion pancakes were like my favorite and they have like these amazing fucking dumplings um other than that, I kind of just been hanging out. I, you know, did Korean barbecue and stuff and um, went to Amoeba yesterday and found these amazing fucking posters. Yeah. That was a highlight. Let me guess. Uh, they're probably classic old horror movie posters. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Bella and a Boris. A Bella and a Boris. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, no, I mean, that, that's been cool. Just kind of just relaxing since I got home I got these really fancy pants that you haven't commented on at all there is for all the listeners out there she's talking about some sort of like Aladdin looking baggy like like uh what did they call them back in the days and like uh hammer pants yeah like MC hammer pants (laughs) but like even baggier like think Aladdin in the cartoon um the version, the Disney version cartoon. If he had took a massive dump on himself, because they're bigger than that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but yeah, they're pretty cool. I got them for ten bucks today. Nice. Yeah. They look like they were made in a foreign country. I think they were. I think so. Too. They only have one pocket, which I found interesting. Yeah, foreign country. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, all right. So. So we're about to go to a foreign country and watch this uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I guess, huh? That was a smooth transition. Five up top. <laughs> <laughs> yes um i'm excited for for i keep almost calling it hannibal, hannibal holocaust Hannibal's holocaust <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if we should watch any of these sounds of the lambs on this of course we will yeah eventually <laughs> have you seen the red dragon and all that mm-hmm. yeah okay cool mm-hmm. um, i'm very excited for cannibal holocaust awesome yeah so let's kick isabel out of the living room and let's watch it all right sounds like a plan we'll be right back <laughs> I like your giggle. <laughs> okay. Four young and fearless Americans, children of the space age, armed with cameras, microphones, and curiosity. Alan Gates, Faye Daniels, and their two cameramen and inseparable friends. 
Jack Anders, and Martin Lamont. Four youngsters who never came back. Are they still alive? And if so, where are they? These are the questions that the rescue team sponsored by New York University and the Pan American Broadcasting System hope to be able to answer. Watch it, Alan. I'm shooting. Oh, good Lord. It's... It's unbelievable. It's... It's horrible. I can't understand the reason for such a cruelty. It must have something to do with some obscure sexual right the almost profound respect these primitives have for virginity. Difficult doesn't exist. The impossible takes just a little more time. We'll be back. We have Felipe, our guide. Say hi to him. Yes, we are back. Um, so, what did you think of this movie? Um, fuck everybody involved in the making of this fucking movie. I fucking hate this movie. This movie is the worst thing that I've ever heard of in my entire life. Really? No, huh. not completely. <laughs> but there are some parts of the movie that I am super distraught about. Yeah, I figured you would be. I, it's the fucking worst. Well, like I said, that turtle scene. That was uh, rough. Yeah. And what's worse is we had Caldo Siete Mares right now. <laughs> I don't know what Seafood you just said. Seafood soup. Yeah, but we didn't eat turtle. I know, but it reminded me of it, so that's why I stopped eating yeah, it. Gotcha. I was thinking about it, and we'll probably get into it a little bit later. When, But the turtle scene probably wasn't the worst for the turtle, because theoretically... They chopped its whole head off. So even though it was squirming around that, you know, they usually say like if you cut it by the jugular, it dies instantly. So the nerves are still moving, but the body doesn't feel anything more because it's been disconnected from the brain. However, the pig was shot with a gun and the muskrat was stabbed a few times in the neck. So the muskrat really felt it. The pig might not have felt it, but still a gun is not the best way to do it. In theory, even though the turtle looked the most gruesome, it was probably the most humane, I think. So, trigger warning. There's a lot of animal abuse in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of animal abuse. Real animal abuse, meaning pre-PETA days. Yeah, and then there's definitely some... Uh, a few rape scenes. There's dismemberment. There's impaling. Impalement. And there is... um, Cannibalism. Oh, yeah, that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, fuck this movie. Yeah. Well, I, I I've seen it before and I quite enjoyed watching it with you again, so I didn't I don't know how I feel about it really because there are some things that make <laughs> are a little bit uh, you know, hard to swallow. Can I describe my face? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to describe your face for the listeners. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. So where do you want to start off? Well, really quick, why don't we start off with the with the polite note of warning at the beginning of the movie. The polite note of warning reads as follows. And it's from Shudder because we watched it through Shudder. We found it on Shudder. A polite note of warning. The titles deemed extreme come shrouded in the ultra-graphic content controversy and, in certain cases, legal dispute. They can be as intense and vivid as they are 
culturally and cinematically significant. Shudder is proud to present these transgressive, boundary-pushing, sometimes bad, and totally rad films in the most complete form. For the squeamish, discretion is advised. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that out sums it up. Like, if you're squeamish, maybe go listen to The Hills Have Eyes again instead. <laughs> it's This is a brutal fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, again, partially because of the times they were able to get away with certain things that you can't get away with now. Um, and then also, just in general, it... it um, you know, it, the, the name is Cannibal Holocaust. They have to sort of live up to their names. <laughs> I guess. So. Now, as a movie, as an art piece or whatever, do you think it's like, would you to help people to watch it? Would you recommend it? Do you think it's something that's, you know, or is it just a piece of trash and his, movie history that just should have never been made? It's a significant part of movie history, specifically. Uh, um, it's uh, a big part in the more gory movies. Like, this movie led the way for Green Inferno, which I fucking love Green Inferno. Yeah, well, now that, do you remember it well enough? Like Green Inferno, well, I don't know about how well I remember it, like, as of how I'm tying it up, but it's very, it's like, very, they call, in, Han- in, in Cannibal Holocaust, they call the Amazon where they go, mm-hmm. the Green Inferno. Yeah, so, but... The Green Inferno, and see, this is, I don't remember the remake as well, but did they... Well, it's not a remake. Right, it's not a remake, but it's sort of In a... the Green Inferno, mm-hmm. there's, um, in the Green Inferno, there's uh, college-age uh, the... activists that are white that go into the Amazon because there's um, a native village that's about to be destroyed because they're deforesting the Amazon. Right. The Amazon rainforest. And so they go and they find themselves on a plane crash. And after the plane crash, right. they get captured by these um, indi- by an indigenous tribe and they uh, practice cannibalism. Right. But so my point of it is, is that the amount of things that were brutal in the, the original, like was it, it definitely was the green inferno was not as brutal. Like even though it was inspired by the same type of thing, well, like there the was green some inferno rape scenes had the, the, and some cannibalism. The green inferno had a uh, really great gross scenes. Like the diarrhea scene was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Cause I, you don't expect it. Yeah. Um, but then the, the, when they're eating the soup and they see the guy's tattoo is in the bowl yeah that's fucking amazing yeah you know but um the cannibal holocaust i can understand why they put those scenes in the movie um specifically the asshole scenes at the end of the movie because fuck those fucking guys yeah all right well so why don't we get a little bit into it all right so where do you want to start the opening credits um we basically get to uh hear some beautiful music and uh nice shots of the amazon yeah so it's directed by yeah, Rogerio Diodato, like we said in the intro, right? I don't know if we had said it, but... Yeah, we did. Okay. And then um, it's it was uh, released in 1980, and it's an Italian movie, technically. The great thing about this movie was that um, it was, like, immediately banned. Yeah, I think uh, I read somewhere where the director even faced or did do some time in jail for... Uh, like 10 days or so after they like uh, banned the movie or something and maybe jailed him. I might be mixing up some of the facts, but something like that where... Well, he was 
charged, um, okay. he was charged with multiple counts of murder due to rumors that many of the act- actors were killed on screen. That's right. And there was something also that was saying that the, the actors were paid to disappear for like a year after they filmed it or so, so that it almost seemed like they really were m- murdered in the well, filming. Of yeah, the they had to go find one of the, the actress that was impaled. So that they can Make prove sure that, that she sure. wasn't dead. Right, yeah. That, that did look pretty real to me, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, the movie starts off with this beautiful music and a, a, a shot, like an aerial view of the Amazon. The Amazon yeah. And it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. The water's a little bit brown for my taste, but, uh, you That's know. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it's set. Uh, it's set place in 1979. Okay. It sets place in 1979, and what it starts with is a news story um, that's talking about four friends who were um, on a mission to document the tri- the indigenous tribes in the Amazon, and they have since disappeared. Right, and then we find out that they weren't the first group of people who have been. You know, exploring this part of the Amazon. Right. So this team in 1979 is Ad, um, Alan Yates, who's a director, Faye Daniels, who's the script girl and his fuck buddy, and then two cameramen, Jack Anders and Mark Tommaso. And they, uh, along with their guide, what was his name, Miguel? No, wait, no, no. no. Felipe. Felipe. Along with their guide, Felipe went um, into the jungles, never to be heard from again. But during this little clip that, okay, so it's newscasters also telling us that in 1959, a a crew went uh, to the same, on the same mission. And in 1967, the crew went on the same mission. Right. None of them were ever heard from again. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the four the the four people that you just mentioned the latest crew that's going they seem real cocky and overly confident about it. Yeah, too. they're like, well, those guys were French. We yeah. know what we're doing. They don't know what they're doing. We know everything. We find out later fine. that's because they're fucking assholes. <laughs> Fuck those guys. So they take a plane to the remote area of the Amazon, um, and then they're missing. Right. So Doctor, oh sorry, so so Professor Monroe, who mm-hmm. is I don't know a professor in one of the colleges, is tasked. With having to go retrieve them with help with the with help from the local military. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before we get that that exact point, there is a couple scenes where um, the, the, they do show the cannibals, and they also show there that there's like a local resistance or a military yeah, or somebody. Yeah, so the military is kind of stalking the um, the military is kind of stalking the tribes. And the first tribe that we see is um, Yakumo tribe, the, the Yakumo tribe. And uh, we'll, we'll find out about them later. But the military is kind of hunting them down. And I call bullshit on that because, OK, so we see the, the, the tribe, the tribesmen, there's like six of them and they're eating like somebody's somebody, arm and yeah, it's him. like a skeletonized like they all almost done eating this arm and it's you see the fingers you see the wrist you see the forearm whatever these bones are in your forearm whatever and they're like all like completely meatless like they're devoured and then they're just eating and suddenly they start getting shot and i call bullshit because if you're living in that area and you're so in tune with nature and you don't know anything about distractions that are 
you know, it's not our fucking phones. We're not, you know, doing whatever. They would have heard them coming. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, they, they were, they did seem like they were caught by surprise. And, um, you know, they did the kind of like 70s, 80s, like old school, like just shoot the guns everywhere and just. He magically uh, just, killed they, everybody yeah, in one shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then the, the, they fight back a little bit and they start blowing their uh, blowguns and start getting a few of them. Yeah. You know? So they get somebody with their blowgun and um, one dude gets a dart to the arm and um, they're like, a bullet is better than a dart. Yeah. Better a bullet than a dart from a blowgun is mm, what he says. At absolutely. But then you know what they did? So then the indigenous tribe is trying to. So the people in the in the Yakumo tribe are trying to like run away, but one of them is hiding behind the bush mm-hmm. and he, and um, he likes to very still so that the, the military guy, the Lieutenant won't find him. And the Lieutenant turns around and you think the guy's safe and he turns right back around and shoots him and he shoots him right in the face and his head blows up in juicy glory. Mm-hmm. Yep. He loved that juicy glory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that scene is done. They capture one of the, um, Yakumo, and they take it back with them to their camp, which is just on the on the shore. It's right. technically their boat, right? And they're waiting for so that then it's Pref- the lieutenant. Yeah, well, the lieutenant's there, and then is it, that's when Professor Monroe arrives, right? That's right, Professor Monroe, and then there's he, Chaco, the Chaco, guide. who's their guide, and mm-hmm. Miguel, who's like the liaison because he speaks the language yeah. of the other tribes, right? Yeah, the uh, Yanomamo and the uh, Shamatori. Um, I could, I, I, yeah, I believe, and those were translating to the tree people and the swamp people. Yeah, and then of course the Yakumamo, which I didn't get a translation. Well, there was for. no, they didn't, but there was the thing was that there was multiple tribes there, but mm-hmm. the 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 ones remember the Yakumos or whatever they said weren't really cannibals. They're not cannibals, right? They're not. Yeah. The cannibals are the two, the swamp people and the tree people, and they're the ones who are really at war. The other tribes are just sort of in the local vicinity, I guess. So, so yeah, it's it's like something like that where it's kind of a turf battle or something going on. The there was also one part too where they said something about chase the white man's spirit out of the jungle. Right. Okay. So when they have that guy, uh, when they captured the one um, Yakumo. That's when we find out a little bit more about their tribe. They see on the back of his neck, um, there's a there's not a tattoo. It's kind of like a, a cut, br- like a branding scar or something. Almost, almost. Yeah. yeah, scarification. It's, it's red. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like the symbol. It looks like it looks like let's say three arrows pointed mm-hmm. up, but there's no arrow tails. <laughs> right, something like that. Like three V's or something. Sure. Upside down V's. Anyway, and they're saying that well, that indicates that he is the son of Atari. Not the video game. And um, he's the son of a shaman mm-hmm. for this tribe. And he's like, oh, well, then they must have not. They must have been out there doing some sort of ritual because they're not cannibals. That must have been a religious ritual right. to drive out the white the devil. The white man. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. That's where it goes. And um, so at this point in time, the whole mission for Dr. Monroe and his guide and Miguel and everything is they want to try to go track down and find out where that missing crew of uh, the four other people from the beginning ended up. Yeah. So, again, that's um, Alan, Faye, Jack and Mark. Right. 
And they know that there probably is a good chance that they're not alive. They kind of figured that out by now. Yeah, they figured they're dead. So, mm-hmm, so. Yeah. So it's more like trying to retrieve their footage. Mm-hmm, something like that. Because yeah. it's supposed to be like this huge, like, discovery. Nobody's gotten this footage before. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gone in so deep before. But I question, how do they know what the footage is? Because it's not like they called they're them up hopeful. and said. that. Yeah, okay. Well, they're hopeful. Because there's no, like, tweets or text messages where they could be like, hey, man, we got some great shots today of us uh, <laughs> killing turtles and shit. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Don't. Not, uh. okay. So. So, the four of them go into the jungle. The mm-hmm. lieutenant, D- Professor Monroe, Chaco? Chaco? Yeah, does the lieutenant go with them? Yeah. He goes with them slightly. Not because he doesn't go with no, them. No, he doesn't go with them. I don't okay. think he goes Sorry. with them. Sorry. It's Professor Monroe, Chaco, Chaco Miguel. and Miguel. Yeah. Okay. And they venture off into the jungle. Yes. And they do end up coming across a dead body fairly quickly. But yeah, so but it's, it's all skeleton. skeleton. It's right. all skeletonized. And um what happens is uh, Chaco falls backwards and falls into this leafy kind of um bundle of leaves let's mm-hmm. say yeah and and up pop up pops this skeleton mm-hmm. and he goes oh i know these teeth anywhere these are whatever right somebody another guy that mm-hmm. knew the jungle yeah. just as well as he did right and he says i wonder what mistake he made what was the mistake he made right um he doesn't also seem too phased by it. Like he falls into the, you know, like how at that moment you'd figure the main character or, or the weaker character would be like, oh, oh my god, I'm scared. Is no, they're all in there? expecting it. Right. Yeah. He just kind of rolls over like, oh, oh yeah. I at know this, this point, guy. I have to say that the guy that they captured, the Yakumo guy, is carrying all of their waters and all of their supplies, and they're trying to force him to show them his village. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. What they what um, Chaco does is he gets him high. He forces <laughs> him. That, he does. He does get. Yeah. He does. Um, he forces he, his coke up his nose. He does do that. Yeah. This they, is the second movie where that happens because they also did that in Santa Sangre. Santa Sangre. Yeah. He gets him high, but th- this is also where they kill the muskrat. So trigger warning: if you're not into uh, animals dying on screen, they brutally just kill a the, real muskrat by stabbing but it. But you hear a bunch it scream. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. They stick the knife in his neck, and it doesn't almost like doesn't even. It's not like a real clean cut. The first poke, you can kind of see it go into the neck and then almost uh. into the cheek, <laughs> and then he kind of pulls the knife out and stabs it again on the other side. And so, anyways, but he's all happy. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna eat some meat tonight." Um, yeah. And then yeah, Chaco gives the indigenous guy coke, <laughs> and. Um, then he also, they toss him the muskrat stomach and he starts devouring the yeah. intestines and the mu- stomach of the muskrat. And uh, yeah, that was pretty. I can't imagine that would be delicious because it would taste like bile, wouldn't it? I don't like know. Like stomach juices? I've never, uh, t- you know, Why to not? each his own though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then I don't know if it's the same day or sometime later. We, um, they, the guys are continuing to walk deeper into the forest or into the jungle, right? Yeah. I think it's the same day because they, we never really see them sleep. We don't see the time okay, lapse. So, so I'm guessing it might be later, later on in the day. <laughs> they're walking towards the, uh, deeper into the, into the jungle. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy in the canoe coming in and he, he has a naked woman with him. Well, they're all naked, really. He has a woman well, with like him. She's like really naked. Well, she's like, like she doesn't no loincloth or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like 
has her tied up by mm-hmm. her wrists. Yep, and her feet. And her feet, and is Ankles. dragging her out onto the bank of the river, yep. which is super muddy. So mm-hmm. everything is muddy. Like the, most of this movie is muddy. Yeah, yeah. And um, he ties her to a post. Yeah, there's like some sort of a post that's already there. Yeah. So it's like a ritualistic kind of ceremonial thing of some so sorts. He drags her, ties her to the post, and he has this long phallic looking stone stone yeah that he uses to rape her mm-hmm. he yeah. rapes her with this stone mm-hmm. and it's fucking brutal yep she and bleeds then and, splits and then there's this then he gets like mud and stone and out of his pouch he pulls out like these wooden sticks that he that are, are sharp and pointy and then he puts them together in a mass, kind of raises them up into the heavens, kneels down next to her again, and shoves that into her vagina. And that's when the blood really starts coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, this thing, you have to imagine, it's the size of a softball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, 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 it's the size of a softball. And then after he shoves that in her, he takes that first stone and bludgeons her to death. Yeah, beats her right in the head. Yeah, right in the mm-hmm. fucking head. But, and then she's dead. Right. Now, we f- do find out from Chaco, and we don't know how accurate this is, but he says it's a, a punishment for adultery, and it's sort of like a divine commandment, meaning if this guy wasn't to do it, then the villagers would end up killing him. So Right. Well, so after he, like, bludgeons her to death, he throws her back in the canoe yeah, and sends her down sends the her river. Off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, a divine commandment. Yeah, so, you know, he... You in some ways, I don't know. What did the chick do? I'm probably sure she, if she, if it was adultery, that means she was sleeping with somebody else. But then, how do we know that in those times and under those conditions that it, you know, maybe she was raped by somebody else and they took it upon themselves mm-hmm. to say that she was adultery? You know, because back then things got really wishy washy. Yeah, we find <laughs> out that there is a lot of um, fucked up shit that happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. the next scene. They, they follow that guy though, don't they? The guy who did the beat, who killed, they end up, don't they, they shoot the gun in the air and he like runs off and they kind of follow him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they follow the guy. Next thing you know, Wang. Wang's galore from this moment on because you get full frontal male nudity again. There you go, ladies. If you're looking for a movie <laughs> with Very hairy, hairy elephant nudity. trunks. <laughs> Flaccid the whole way. Um, <laughs> so, um... Miguel, who is the liaison, who knows the tribes well. Speaks the language and whatnot. Speaks the language of the Yakumo. And what he does is he's trying to get the other tribe to acknowledge that he's there and safely take him into the tribe. Mm -hmm. And he does this by completely disrobing and standing there while they throw poison darts at his feet. And he didn't flinch. Flinch, yeah. He just, he like, so either they knew that they were going to, like they were aiming for like the ground right in front of him or he knew that he was far enough away that they weren't going to hit him. But yeah, he doesn't flinch and they look at that as a sign of well, respect or something. What maybe. we hear from, what's his name? Chuko? Chaco. Chaco. What we hear from Chaco is that it is their way of saying we have this dominance over you. Don't you fucking forget it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So then Miguel does it. He gets them into the village safely. Yeah, they go back to the tribe, wherever the um the, their hideout is, basically. Um, and then we see like you know some like a the the chief, the leader of the tribe. You know, he's got like a headdress on and is kind of doing some like you know chanting and and 
talking, but in, you know, I don't know. We're not really sure what it is. He's just really hysterical. He like is maybe telling a story, maybe doing some sort of religious prayers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they sort of basically make a pact with them by trading a switchblade as a gift. Well, I thought that it was more like the tribe was fucking pissed because there was one of those guys shot in the leg yeah. from when the military was shooting people. Uh-huh. And they were like, what the fuck? But I think Chaco even says to Professor Monroe, dude, you better hope that he dies after we're out of here. Um, but they're, so everybody's distraught because they're focusing on the guy with the shot leg. And then that's when Miguel starts showing the switchblade and then they get distracted by the switchblade, something shiny. So then they just, they kind of just hang out with them. And then the next day, that's when they go deeper into the, into the, um, jungle right, to yeah, search right. for the Yanomamo, which are the tree people and the, but so Shamatari, which are the swamp people. But so that, that switchblade, even if it was a slight distraction from whatever was going on, and I think it was like the evening or so before, that it still seemed like that was sort of like a peace offering in a sense, because then oh, yeah. afterwards the they they offer them this weird white, milky, thick drink that was called Isomo or something like that. Yeah. And that to me, that was them offering that the the two travelers, like, hey, part of cool. their culture, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was also something that looked like didn't really look good, and the, they well, were like, "You're gonna have to drink this." It, when they were making it, it's kind of like um, it's all like a more liquid marshmallow that women <laughs> chew a little bit and pour and like spit into cups. Oh, it's gross! And yeah. then they chewed it again and spit it into some more cups and then gave it to the guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's be gross. funny if they were just like, "Let's just fuck with these white guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make them eat some vomit." Sometimes I think that's what foreign cultures did. That's what they do. They like because they're very forceful about having to eat their food when you visit foreign countries. And sometimes I feel like they give you, especially like really hot spicy food or some really outlandish food just to see if you'll eat it you know a delicacy just to see if you'll touch it maybe it's just like a pride like my grandmother every time you go visit her she makes you eat food whether you're hungry or not you're you're hungry well you're eating yeah that's my my dad's culture is like that too and i don't know it's just but i do feel like that sometimes they offer you the thing that they know that you're gonna have to like if you're proving yourself to them by like okay i'll eat this really spicy or this really weird food and whatever but but yeah that drink was pretty nasty looking all right so back to the yamamo and Mm -hmm. the shamatari Mm -hmm. those two tribes are cannibal tribes Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are cannibal tribes yeah and those two tribes are constantly at war with each other and they have their like fair game to one another. They can hunt each other, they can eat each other, and that's good. However, they're actual real tribes in the region, in um closer to Venezuela, and they're not cannibalistic whatsoever. <laughs> really? Really. So they just like took two tribe names that really exist, but they weren't but really. But they're not cannibalistic. And they're not even from the Amazon. No, I would. I only did like some really quick research on it while I, you know we were waiting for food, but um, the only kind of controversies that they had were that there was a gold rush around then, and they had to protect their land during that time. Hmm, cool. I'm actually well, gonna look into it some more because it seemed really interesting. Well, either way, I, I, I um, it's the tree people versus the swamp people. Yeah. Yeah. And if you um, if you think about it, it was easy to tell because the tree people are more like clean. 
Right, but the, the swamp people were a little bit more muddy, muddy, and yeah. but and I think I thought I thought they were like covered in black soot or something like that. Maybe just to like make them look a little bit not purposely darker, but Quote I just feel bad. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe I guess whatever. Right. So as they go further into the jungle, we see the Shamatori uh, try to kind of smoke out mm-hmm. some of the tree people. Yeah, uh, so tree people are hiding. In the trees. Yeah. And like so a, they're burning all this bush underneath them so that they cough and and, and, yeah. and one person falls out yeah, of the tree. Yeah, it's a woman. She falls out of the tree and she hits the ground and splat, whatever. I think she's dead on impact. Yeah. And so another woman comes running out and the, um, the swamp people grab her and they rape her. Yeah, they start raping and pillaging very much, you know, like yeah, it's, rapers and pillagers do. That's fucking gross. Um, but yeah, it gets pretty, uh, it gets pretty bad. You can see that there's the war between the two tribes sort of, and that's sort of what they're describing there. Yeah. And so we see that the tree people start, are across the riverbank and they start running towards the swamp people. And that's when the professor, when, uh, Chaco and Miguel start shooting the swamp people. They're like, we're going to side with the tree people on this one. The swamp people start running away. Some of them die because they have amazing shot when they shoot like nothing <laughs> back in the in the 70s and 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, only the ones they wanted to die died. Hmm. That's when the tree people become friends with our group. Professor of, and Chaco yeah. and Miguel. Um, the one thing about the professor that I feel like that... So all this experience for him has been in a real way life changing and altering he a does not you know like i feel like that he doesn't really agree with um the bad things that are going on you know he wishes he could help he see you know he's trying to help and chaco's sort of been holding him back the whole time right so like in the scene with when the guy was you know punishing quote punishing his adulterous wife he's like trying to go over there and save her yeah, and so I think this whole time he's been having because he's there sort of just trying to figure out what happened to the old crew, but at the same point in time, like he's having this own inner journey for himself. Yeah, and also as um as a professor and and this being his world, he also has the whole responsibility of finding this footage to kind of commemorate what these people lost their lives for. So we see throughout the beginning of the movie, he's like, we need to get these films. We need to get this film. In fact, when he's in the village of the tree people, he sees the film there and he's like, well, I need to get it somehow. And he decides to earn their trust. And the way he earns his trust is balls. He decides to go skinny dipping in the water. And like but basically there was no need for us to see his wang. What wang? <laughs> I mean, it was it was like a full on bush, yeah, with an itty bitty pale strip. And I'm not. I mean, maybe the water was cold, but it's the Amazon. The water should have been hot. Anyway, yeah. just well, saying. He does this thing where he decides to strip down naked and go bathe in the water to sort of like maybe in their chest, yeah, and kind of cleanse himself or do something, whatever. And then it kind of gets into this weird scene where there's a bunch of uh, the tri the, the the tree people, I guess. Uh, the girls of the tree people tribe and they all are um running around and and bathing and jumping in the water with him and i guess if if i don't know if this is a trigger warning or not but i don't know if all of these people in the movie are above uh (laughs) the proper age 
Yeah, um, it was. It's like so, everybody's naked in the movie. Yeah. Like there's loincloths on. So you got to kind of look at it like natural National Geographic kind of, and just don't. I try not to look at the screen because it was a little bit weird for me. Yeah. So then um, the girls run out of the water, and they're like yanking at his thing too. One of them grabs licking it. Licking his wing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they, they run out of the water and the professor runs out, puts his pants on and continues chasing the women. And they lead him to where the bodies of the other, the, uh, the other the, documentary the from before, yeah. yeah. And we know it's them because, um, as he's look, as the professor is looking at them, we see glimpses of the other actors back in the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was also... A point in time where he, after he did that, where he plays his, like, cassette recorder out loud for them. Right. So, so almost there. Um, but just really quick, I want to go back to the remains. Sure. So, the remains are, like, painted, and they can't move them. They can't bury them. The professor even says they wouldn't let us bury the remains because they have them there to ward off any more death, to ward off any more of this badness because, as we find out later... This came with some fucking badness. Right. Yes. So then um, throughout throughout this movie, the professor is like talking into his recorder, trying to document everything that's happening. And we hear his internal struggles this way through the recording that he's playing back for himself or that he's recording at that time. He's saying, I need to figure out a way to get that film. But how do I do it? How do I do it? And that's when he runs over to the base of the tree where the tree people live shoots his gun in the air until it's empty and then plays this recording of the same people, the, um, the Yakumo people chanting and they flip out. They're like, what the hell is this? And they, everybody starts coming out. The chief comes out and they fucking love him for it. They figured if he can capture their sound, then he is the person that should be given the yeah they don't know what the um they don't know what the film what the film cans yeah, are yeah but they know that there's something yeah. there just they by think, the way that the the other white man had had held on to them. right they think it's like their source of power or something yeah. because of, yeah they were valuing it and didn't want to let it go but yeah so he um yeah he does earn their trust and they feel like you know he's captured the like you said they're their voice inside this little box that he must also be the one to help them capture whatever the, what are the Yakumo? Is that yeah, what you say? Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty uh, interesting thing that happens there. Um, you know, again, that's that like kind of new school, old school. It's like a, they think it's magic, but it's just us, you know, using our technology of today or whatever. Right. Which is magic. Yeah, it is. So now we cut back to Professor Monroe in New York. Not yet, though. Yes, almost there. But one last little thing is they make the professor eat some guts in a ceremony to like kind of. Oh, yeah. So um, while they're playing that music, the chanting, a body drops hanging off of a rope. And that's when uh, Chaco comes running out, pats the good old professor in the back and says, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> they invited us to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And dinner happens to be. That person hanging? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's so, call her Sally. I don't know. <laughs> so, so he does have to eat the guts to like really kind of yeah. solidify himself there, which he does. He does. And then they come back with the film. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of didn't want to go over that. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I mentally blocked it. 
So um, at this point in time, they are now back into civilization with the film and they have some TV execs that are, you know, interested in showing this documentary to the world. Right. So when we get back to the to civilization, it's actually Professor Monroe on a talk show and he's telling mm-hmm. this was my adventure. And then they're like, OK, well, we're going to have a, a series called The Green Inferno based on the footage that you found. So we look forward to seeing that. Right. And then it goes into the TV execs where they're like. Oh, well, here are the videos. Here are the videos. Here are the film canisters. We're, we're processing them. Some of them we lost because the, you know, they were, they were in bad conditions, but we want you to be part of it. And he's like, okay, well, let me see everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it becomes this whole thing of they're showing bits and pieces, pieces of the, of the clips for us. But also he's struggling because what he finds on the film is seriously fucked from the fucking moment they start. And here's why. Before they even start that, the film executive shows Professor Monroe another film that these four had done previously. And that film was called... The Last Road to Hell. The Last Road to Hell, absolutely. And it's a movie about war-torn countries and the realities of war and supposedly... They were saying, well, yeah, they filmed this, but he paid all of those people. They were all actors. None of this is real. Right. Yeah. Which I still call bullshit on because of later things in the movie. Yeah. But I, th- I thought the footage looked pretty real to me, too. Yeah. Again, like this movie, you don't even know. Like after you've seen like a couple of these animals die and some of the things that are going on, you don't you even know no what's idea. real and what's well, not so anymore. The, the war-torn countries, like there's people being executed. There's mm-hmm. children being shot. Yeah. There's... It's yeah. just assassination, assassination or whatever. It's, yeah, just, it's just bad. Horrible. It's horrible. So we're going through. So he, the Professor Monroe's like, well, let's fucking watch these things. Well, they also, <laughs> at some point in time, I think um, the professor's trying to also interview the parents of the crew or something. Right. Because like that. he's like, well, we don't know if we want their last moments out. What if the parents, what if this? Like, we have to do what's right for uh, right by these kids, you know, that went out. One of them was like, my son's a piece of shit. He's a son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm trying to think about who, who that one was. Tommaso. So that the last, because he oh. had the Tommaso box on him. And that was Mark. Mark. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Jack, Jack, uh, they interviewed his, his wife, his ex-wife, um, who was like, yeah, sure, he was a great lay, but I only saw him four <laughs> months out of our two-year marriage. But she's saying all that with her kid right there. Yeah, and that's right. The next one, what, uh, the other one was um, apparently Faye, her real name was Tina. Tina, and she was like in an orphanage or something because the, quote, family that talked in on her behalf was a nun. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't remember Alan. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. He was trying to interview their parents, and that's what um, <clears throat> that's sort of where it starts off. You know, in that sense, like, he's going along with it at that point in time because he doesn't, um, I mean, he. I guess he hasn't really maybe seen the worst of the worst footage yet. Maybe he hasn't gotten that far. But, because he's not sure if he really wants to host this program, but he's sort of going along with it when he's doing the interviews for the parents. Right. But he's not really getting far with the parents. They're kind of like dead-end roads for the most part. Right. Even the one that was giving up some information was like, can I get paid for this or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then we start watching the footage. Mm-hmm. And yes. we're going to go through the footage based on just the sequence of events. Uh, we're not going to stop and tell you the inner turmoil between um, between Professor Monroe and the executives. Just know that... 
the executives really want this out. And as Professor Monroe was watching it, he's like, fuck this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right. And then we will give you a trigger warning when he decides, when we tell you where he was like, you guys need to watch this shit. Yeah. So first thing they're walking. um, So Faye, Jack, Alan, and Mark. Mark are walking through the jungle after having been, oh, with Felipe. Yep, with Felipe. After having been dropped off and, you know, they're walking for days and they're not seeing anything. There are six days at this point. And, you know, they're just sweating and gross and smelly and just fucking around, really. Um, and then I guess they get hungry at some point and they catch a turtle. And I don't mean a turtle like a little turtle, like a box turtle that you find at like the illegal ones that you're not supposed to have as pets. I'm talking about a massive turtle whose what's shell that's my size. It's like a huge yeah, turtle. It was like a three foot shell maybe. I mean, it was a big turtle. It was way big. It's like the size of what you would think like a sea turtle or something, but it wasn't a sea turtle because it's Amazon. So I don't think it- It would have been um, freshwater, right? Right. It, like snapping turtles get really big, but I don't know if it was a snapping turtle. It could have been. I didn't really get a close enough look at it, but um, very quickly the turtles decapitate. So, yeah, it takes two guys to wrestle the turtle out of the water mm-hmm. and they tie a rope to the turtle and then pull it out of the water. Yep. And they decapitate Chop it. its head off and pretty then, much. Oh my gosh. And then you see the <clears throat> legs flailing and it's just horrible and they gut it and yeah. Faye is vomiting and the guys are. Well, you didn't really watch much of this part of the scene. I watched okay. every minute of it. And but I don't know how much detail. Yeah. <laughs> well, the head comes off first and then they proceed to do a full on, like, we're going to cook this turtle to eat it. So that means they got to break the shell open, which they do with a hatchet. They chop the side of it open. Then they rip it off. And you can see it peeling off the front chest portion of the, of the thing. And then it exposes all of its intestines and its guts and everything. Mm-hmm. And... Just like a cow or chicken or a fish or whatever, you got to like pull out all the the guts and all that. And the the guy Felipe or no, I don't even know if it's it's not um, Felipe who's doing it, but they they no, but it's like both of the other guys doing. Either way, they're pretty like they it looks they're like they've done fine with that. Yeah, they look like they've done this before. They know which parts they need to get rid of, and and, and it takes a little while for them to go through all this, and then they cut the turtle up and they end up cooking it. And they eat it, which I feel like justifies it a little bit because at least they didn't torture the animal just for sakeing of torturing it. They did it because they were hungry and needed food. And again, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning, like chopping its head off is probably the most uh, uh, sane way. And most, you know, the animal doesn't feel the pain, even though it looks brutal. But um, well, yeah. I, I'm going to remind everybody that this whole time, somebody's fucking filming this. One of the guys are filming all of these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And so after that whole part, you see everybody just eating, happily eating and making jokes and whatever. And um, like, no problem. It actually looks good. I've never had turtle before. So I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know what it tastes like either, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably kind of like every, they say everything sort of tastes like chicken. but That's just because we're in the Matrix. But I'm not really sure. But they had to eat it to survive, I guess. And that was a a big meal for them. Right. So So after resting a while, everybody's just kind of chilling and getting back back into it. And 
Felipe shows us the bottom of his foot and it looks a little gnarly as shit. Yeah, like he's, he's got, got blisters. blisters. His blisters have blisters and then they have bunions and corns. Mm-hmm. They're bad. And so he's putting his boots on and then you hear a scream because yep. he got bit in the foot by a snake. Mm-hmm. Rule number one, always keep your boots upside down when you're camping. Or, you know, check them. Yeah, well, check <laughs> before them before you put, you put a foot in. Foot in. <laughs> but you want to turn them upside down so that way it's harder for anything to crawl up in there. And then shake him out, obviously. But anyways, yes, he gets bit by a snake, which here's where I will play. uh, It didn't look like a venomous snake. No, no, no. It It looked very much like a boa or a python, which A, would be completely the wrong region for that snake to be living in because they don't live there. And yes, B, they are constrictors, meaning it would not have died from a poisonous snake. But it's still, they still have teeth and they could have bit him. But he wouldn't be dying. But either way. Maybe they just didn't know about snakes or maybe they didn't know what kind of snake it was because the first thing Felipe says is. Gotta cut my foot off. Cut my leg off. Leg off, yeah. And they tie. um, A tourniquet. A tourniquet around his thigh and they chop off his leg. Yep, they chop that thing off. And, you know, they have the the guys have no, no problem doing that. No fucking problem. Not a problem at all. I wouldn't be surprised if they put the snake in his fucking boot. (laughs) And they they even like, um, I want to say solder. What is it? No, it's cauterized. Cauterized, yeah. Yeah. They cauterize his uh, his leg with a a, a machete. But all for no reason because he still dies like instantly. And you know what they did? They threw leaves on him and kept going. Yeah, of course. Why not? That's how they pay respect to their dead. These fucking guys, dude. Um, but yeah, so so that that was the end of their guide now. Now there's no longer any Felipe. And that's when I stopped taking notes from. So now it's going to be based off of memory because the very next thing I wrote was... Alan is a dick. <laughs> well, let's see. The very next thing that I wrote over here was the tree people kill the monkeys and eat them. Which we find out, according to IMDb was a okay so there's a scene where the tree people are, they find a bunch of monkeys and they chop the heads off but not like the at the neck at the brain and they like split the top of the head open and they eat the monkey brains or whatever well apparently they the crew and the director wanted these people to like uh use fake monkey brains and whatnot mm-hmm. and fake monkeys but we come to find out that this is actually a delicacy for this tribe in real life. So they actually used real monkeys and real monkey brains. <laughs> so they're like, no, 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 we should make this authentic. No, yes. no, 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 we, sh- we should totally do this this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there was some real head splitting of monkeys and eating their brains. And uh, so, yeah, that's that, that's um. And I kind of forget how we got to that point, but there, after Felipe dies, that's the next thing that I had. Okay, um, so first thing we get to a point where so okay after the monkeys yes after the monkeys were eating there the guys are talking in the bush and they're like we need to follow them shoot your gun in the air and the other guys like no they'll just scatter oh right so right, what right. they decide to do is shoot, shoot a gun in the air. So they scatter, but shoot one of the guys on the leg, so he limps his ass back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they, they compare him to point, like a buck, like a deer. Th- at this point, they're not even at the swamp people or the tree people. They're still with the Yakuma. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that are not savages. They're not um, cannibals. They're right. not, they're, they're peaceful people. Right. Like, they're hunter-gatherers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they scare And not only them. that, they're a nomadic tribe. So, like, if 
if their food dries up, they don't eat each other. They move somewhere else to where there's more food. That makes fucking sense. Yeah. Ah, so they go and they find their way into the village by following this one limp dude. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, yeah. And, and they kind of throw him to the women there. And the women are like, what the fuck, right? Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of like when, yeah, exactly. They, they You see the gunshot in his thigh and they've kind of put some stuff around it trying to like help it heal. Um, but anyways, you got these four um, film crew idiots and they come and kind of scare the villagers and they start, they shoot this pig, which is their only little bit of food. And I don't even know if they plan to do anything with the pig, but they shoot it for real with a real bullet and a real gun. So again, uh, if, if you're not into animals dying, well, be I hope warned. nobody's into animals dying. Serial uh, killers are, I think. Um, anyways, then they proceed to do this thing where they start rounding up all the villagers into this, in this one, one big, big hut. hut together, and then they start lighting the then hut on fire. They set it on fire. Yeah. And Fuck, they're filming Alan's it. Alan's a fucking yeah. dick. Alan is a dick. And they laugh about it. They're really into it, too. They're laughing Even about Faye. it. Yeah. If it, yeah. At one point, um, she takes the camera and is it's filming it, too. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. Yeah. Yep. And so the hut burns down. People scatter. Good, right? I don't think anybody died in the fire. I think it was more like a dominance thing. Yeah. But then next thing you know, there's a beautiful scene of Faye looking out into the river. But then suddenly... Alan, Alan comes, comes up. and then they start fucking. Yeah, he's and all hands start, on. He starts grabbing mm-hmm. her and taking her clothes off, but she's kind of into it. They're and, fucking in front of the entire village. Yeah. Like the village is sitting there because they they can't move. They have them sitting in one specific space <laughs> watching them fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guys are recording that too. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the white man has been trying to uh, take over the world since, like, the beginning of time, right? So, I think that's sort of like how uh, Braveheart starts. The British come and they uh, take this newlywed, um, you know, newlywed couple, they take the bride away. And he's like, yeah, she's mine for a night. I'll have her before you marry her or something like that. So, the whole <laughs> thing was they tried to stage a massacre, so that when they get the film back, they can be like, look, somebody massacred these people. The other tribes massacred yes. these people. Which is what leads me to believe that the other films that they supposedly, according to the executives from the TV station, supposedly they paid actors to do it. I think that was all fucking real footage. Or maybe they even paid people to shoot them. Sure. I don't. I, I mean, Because you absolutely. know what? Because Alan's a fucking dick. Yep. And they were doing it to try to get like, uh, they, they even said at some point in time, like, we're going to get like an Oscar for this or whatever. They kept saying it over and over <laughs> again. It's like, yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> like, uh, what was it? After um, after Felipe died, didn't they? They were like, we talked about going back, but I told everybody we'd win Oscars. So we kept going forward. Something like that, right? Right. Yep. So this is now where we catch up to the point in time where you're talking about where Professor is now showing, you know, showing to the execs that he really is not into this. He says, I don't want part of this. And if you saw what was on that footage, because your own editor doesn't want to put it together. If you saw what was on that footage, you wouldn't want that out too. Right. He refuses to have anything to do with the material at this point. So they go into the, um, like a private screening room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they start watching the rest of the film. Yes, they they press uh, they tell the projector guy to, to turn it on and they start watching the material and immediately the first thing that we get to is basically a rape scene. Yeah, so 
It's how uh, did they find this woman? Um, how did they find her? I don't know if they. Uh, so a lot of the footage is supposedly still missing. So we get bits and pieces. Right. Yeah, I think it's but, fragmented. But yeah, there's a fragment. But at one point, Alan finds a woman. And she's a, um, a Yakuma woman. Right. And he's dragging her down into the mud. And they're, the, the cameramen are taking turns raping her. Yeah. And the only time that Faye has any objections mm-hmm. are because she doesn't want them to film it because they're going to run out of film. And when Alan tries to stick his dick inside of this woman because she's jealous. Yeah, That's pretty the much. only qualms she had. Fuck this bitch. Right, yeah. I didn't think she was... She wasn't really, like, having a heart that they were, like, doing something to mistreat this person. She She was just a a little bit jealous. Yeah. Fuck that. She's fucking disgusting. She doesn't really do much to stop it, but she just kind of just is like, hey, stop that. But she doesn't really do much further than that. And they just kind of, like, laugh and do it anyways. And they trade turns. but... The like, rest of the tribe can see. Like, there was somebody mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and there was one guy it. who was, like, popped up out of the grass and was, like, watching him. Like, oh, shit. But he, he doesn't but, do anything yet, but he's... But... <laughs> but what? Virginity is a big deal to this tribe. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. And, and, you know, keeping yourself pure and safe. Because we saw that when they fucking... Killed the woman of who committed adultery. Right, yeah. You know, so it's a sacred thing. So what do we see next after mm-hmm. the film fragments a little bit? We see the girl impaled. Impaled. Like right up her butt, out her mouth. Oh, my God. And it looks it so looks real. fucking real. <laughs> and this is the woman that had to show up in court in Italy to prove that she didn't die during the making of this film. Yeah. Do you think that um, she was like an in, like native to the Amazon jungle? Like, was she like an actress from My understanding else, was that, my understanding is that they're all paid actors. Yeah. But I mean, like, because yeah, they, but some of those guys look really like they were borderline indigenous people for real no that's what my people look like <laughs> yeah but i mean they just pick a bunch of actors and then they say you're going to dress you all because some of them i feel like we're a, literally a lot almost... of them are just people and they pay them as mm-hmm. like they're whatever the act uh, the actor rate or whatever the hell but they're people gotcha like all they are really are people that look like me who are naked and then they make them dirty a little bit they give them fucked up haircuts <laughs> Like Apocalypto is one of my favorite movies. Those are everyday looking people. Hey, that's a Mel Gibson movie too, just like Braveheart, the one I just mentioned a few <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, anyways, we're not going to go on a tangent on that. But so at this point in time after she's impaled, this is when finally, uh, I thought it was the tree people, but you're saying it's the Akuma, but I could be wrong. But I thought Oh, yeah, were... you're right. They're the Yanomama girl. Yeah, yeah. Right, because at this point they're with the tree people. Mm-hmm. You're right. Right, yeah. yeah. So then, now that the tree people come in and they make their attack, they're like, screw this, we're going to. Um, yeah, because the tree people are not the Yakuma. Right. These are the ones that are cannibals, mm-hmm. and they 
are fucking in it to win it. Yeah. So one of the first people they get a, a hold of is Jack, the blonde-haired mm-hmm. camera guy. And poor Jack. Well, I shouldn't say poor Jack. No. Okay. <laughs> fuck Jack. Fuck <laughs> Jack. So what happens is they're being chased and then they're surrounded. And suddenly, oh, little pussy-ass Alan is scared finally. Fucking prick. <laughs> oh, Wait a minute. Go back to the impaling. At the impaling, you know, they're recording this whole thing. They're recording this whole thing. And Alan is staring up at the girl who's impaled with a oh, smile right, on his face. Because right, right. he fucking digs it. Because yeah. he's a fucking nasty and, shit. And then the cameraman says, hey, man, I'm, it's rolling. And he goes, he goes, he goes oh, relax, <laughs> man. We're filming. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he's like, puts a sad face. And he's like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. How can they do this to people? Yeah. Fucking prick. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Maybe he should win an Oscar for that performance right there. No. He's a <laughs> fucking asshole. I will never want him to work again. <laughs> oh, shit. So, but so, then... Uh, so, they're surrounded. Mm-hmm. They're surrounded because, you know, yeah, the girl got, quote, punished for being raped. But they have to do something to these fucking people. So, um, uh, Jack, he's the first one. Jack is the first he's one. He's shooting people and suddenly... He gets a spear right in the chest. And I kind of cheered because fuck that guy. Okay. But then, so wait, I might be a little bit confused here. He gets a spear in the chest and he dies right away? No. No, no, no. No, then he falls over uh and then they go and they grab him. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like standing on something, right? Because then they proceed to... They strip him naked and they cut off his They cut his dick first. First, before everything else, they chop his dick off and you see this huge stream of blood go shooting. That was very juicy. It reminds me of I Spit on Your Grave where it just spurts out like a fountain. So, and then they start cutting him up real good. Like head comes off, body comes up. They did like right in the middle, his whole torso's in two. Yeah, they separate Separate his top half from his bottom half. And then they proceed to eat him, I think. And they feast on his that's body. That's what he fucking gets. <laughs> fucking asshole. Fuck that guy. That's the end of Jack right there. Yes. After Jack, the rest of the uh, the three other people are, are trying to run away. But Faye is captured because she falls behind and Alan is telling her, keep up, keep, keep up. But then he notices that she hasn't. So they get, capture Faye. Yeah. The- and Alan tries to go rescue her. And Mark keeps filming. And they see that she is gets her clothes torn off. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then she gets fucking gang raped. Yes, she does. Now, does Which she deserve it? She does it? not deserve. Nobody okay. deserves to be All raped. Right. So she like, doesn't deserve it. But like, she was also yeah. not really sympathetic towards the women who were being. She deserves dis- to be mistreated. fucking fucked up and dismembered. <laughs> sure, you know, cut her from from nape to navel. And then take her guts out, fine, but don't rape somebody. No, well, they rape her first, and then they kill her. They gang rape her, and that's fucking. They cut her head off too, eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, So, without going into crazy detail, that's pretty much what happens to Faye. Yeah. And then that's that's what two down and two to go. And so so the uh, Yanomamo then continue to get the other two guys, and all you see is the camera fall on its side, and then you see Alan's. Face hits the ground and mm-hmm. then blood starts to drip. Yeah. And then that's where the documentary footage ends, the footage that they were shooting. Yeah. Not where the movie ends. The film, the 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 TV executives are 
are now looking at each other like what one of them is the woman and the woman was the one pushing them to continue and she's like couldn't even look at professor monroe anymore yeah they realize they they can't be airing this footage and it's a little too intense and they've got to figure something out like one guy just walks out without saying a word and the other one picks up the phone and says uh john burn that thing. Burn, yeah burn <laughs> They want the film burnt and just destroyed so nobody will ever see yeah. it. <laughs> so Professor Monroe, satisfied, walks out of there. And the last line of the movie is, I wonder who the real cannibals are. Right. Finn. 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 Did it say Finn? No. no the like end. Italian. Italiano. <laughs> Italian end. <laughs> El Finn. Why'd you sound like a thug? <laughs> I was being like an American pretending to say it in Italian. Like, Gorlami. Gorlami! <laughs> <laughs> what was the other name? Uh, 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 shoot, Gorlami and uh, Dominic De Coco. De Coco. And uh, Anthony Margareti. 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 <laughs> Gorlami. Gorlami. Buongiorno. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I think I want to watch it tonight. <laughs> so That's but, a bingo. Uh, yep, that is a bingo. <laughs> Well, that is the end of Cannibal Holocaust. At that moment, we get the same nice music we heard in the beginning. We hear at the end and the credits roll. And that is the movie. So, yeah, what I mean, it was it was intense. I'm glad we watched it again together. Um, see, whenever I read a list of like, oh, movies you'll never watch again. Some reason I feel like I'll watch them again. But, you know, this one for me, it's not like. Like, I don't look forward to watching it again because there's nothing really enjoyable too much about it. Like, it's a shocker kind of film. Uh, it's like one of those you see once, I guess. I hadn't ever seen it, but there was so much hype around it that when you said, let's watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, let's watch it. Yeah. Because I hadn't watched it before. Um, I would watch The Green Inferno multiple times, well, but I wouldn't watch this movie again. So there's probably not. Out of the list of, so there's many, many lists of disturbing movies, but if you go look up many lists of like this the most, movie's movie, on it. this movie's on it, but this movie's also within the top five always. It's usually number two or After some, the Serbian film, which I'm not allowed to watch. Right. Serbian film takes the cake as number one. Usually, if you've never heard of it, you're probably doing yourself a favor. Uh, number two on the list is either Cannibal Holocaust or this other movie, Salo, which isn't much of a horror movie, but there's a lot of gross, nasty stuff in it. Also, probably one you'd want to stay away from. Um, but this movie has always been on that list. And, and then, um, you know, I feel like that this... There's a good reason why, because a lot of it is so real and just so gruesome with like the depiction of the killing of the animals and the rape scenes and all that, that it's just, it's a rough movie to watch. Yeah, I think it actually says that, okay, the, um, other than graphic gore, the film contains several scenes of sexual violence and genuine animal cruelty. Mm hmm. I wonder if PETA was around at this time and what the repercussions of it were. It was actually considered a snuff film in, in many places. Yeah. So it was banned in over like 50 countries. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised they, that, um, that I don't know, 
Brazil and Venezuela and people and, and the countries that have these actual tribes, which names they used, like allowed it. You mean like you thought that those countries would have banned it first? No, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, so these are the animals that were killed on screen. A coati, which was the muskrat. Um, the turtle, a tarantula. You remember? Oh, the tarantula. We probably forgot about the tarantula. The boa yeah. constrictor was also killed with a machete. Yeah. See, it was the a boa. Squirrel monkey and the pig. Yeah. Yep. Oh, moment of silence for all the dead animals in this film. You hear the sirens? I do live in Inglewood. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Cannibal Holocaust. Thanks. You're so welcome. Sweet. Welcome to my world. No, I'm just kidding. Well, okay. I'm all for movies that are fucking horrific. Um, because they teach us a lot about the hum- what, what humans can do. Like the fucked up shit when people can do to each other. But this movie didn't really give me any of that. You know how I... I mean, like, for example... One of the, one of the gory, like one, how do I say this? One of the films that put, let's say, nouveau gore out there was Hostel, right? That put it in your face, it put it mainstream, and it made everybody aware of the genre, right? Or the subgenre. At least there it was, oh, fucked up people do fucked up things, you know, it's like the have and the have-nots, right? Mm-hmm. The wealthy are going to constantly fuck with the have-nots. Sure. And um, and I and realistically, the things people have to do in other countries in order to survive because the economy is so fucked up. I get that. I I understand it, and it's not like the best thing to do in the world. But I I kind of understand the implied message there, or the one that I'm taking away from it. This one, all it is, it's. Alan's a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the message of this movie. Alan's a fucking dick. Well, let me ask you this. Because <clears throat> you bring up Hostel, and we're, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, The Green Inferno, which both of those movies are Eli Roth films. Now, uh, he, you know, Hostel was sort of one of the movies that did kind of put him more on the map, and that is a very gory movie and torture movie, kind of whatever, horror torture type of thing. But... He made the Green Inferno, which is obviously like a, a, a remake homage. or homage to this film. Now the question is, he must have loved this film enough to want to reinvent the wheel on it, well, right? It's a <laughs> it's a classic film. It's it's one of it's um it's a cornerstone of the horror genre. Like it without it, we wouldn't have had all these other kind of movies that are built upon it. One of which being the green inferno, which is obviously an homage to this. Yeah. But the green inferno is different in that it takes real world issues and brings them out to the, to, to societal foreground. Right. So for example, when it was released, it was all these people doing fake activism and saying, Oh yeah, let's let me go to this other country and take care of these children. And then they leave and then they leave a, a, a village that is so dependent on this foreign help and then they're left to their own devices. They don't know the fuck to do with it. Sure. You know, so it's the dangers of pretending you're a fucking activist, pre- pretending that you give a shit about people. There's so much more danger there than there is not giving a shit in the first place. You know, so there's something else there. Whether Eli Roth intended for that to be the message, 
it's a message that came across. Sure. You know, a lot of people that I do talk to about this movie, about a green inferno, come with the same thing. It's fucking fake activists suck dick, and well, not in a good way. Well, let me ask you this: if you, th- what do you if if somehow Eli Roth was the guest on this podcast, do you think he would really let, like be in favor of this movie? Because we're kind of like, eh, it's a tough one. Here's what it is. We watched it, but he loved it so much to make a remake almost of it. And I'm just wondering if like he'd be like, this was the greatest movie. I love it. When the turtle got a shell ripped off, I was like, yeah. I don't know. We should get him on and ask. Yeah, him. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, you, know, it, it, you wonder like think, what happens when you get into the mind of your I favorite directors of crazy horror movies. <laughs> I don't think he would be with the animal torture, though. No, probably not. I don't think not. he would be with that. Just the human torture. <laughs> yeah, because it's not real. Like, I don't think he'd be up for his movies being real in real life. No. I think it's it's the it's the imagination. It's the it's the excess. It's the what are the limits that we can push in this genre versus what are the limits of the human skin? You know what I mean? Right. I don't think he's that kind of person. I think he's more of a he's more. Of I'm a- living in this imaginary world that I'm going to do what the fuck I can, but I don't think he's doing that in real life. I don't think he's going to get off on a turtle being hacked. No, I think he gets off on being the bear Jew, knocking shit out of fucking Fenway Park. <laughs> he is well, like, what was his name though? The the real name in that movie and uh, Glorious Bastards. What do they call him? Donnie, Donnie something, Donnie, right? Donnie. Yeah, he was the bear Jew. Yeah. Fucking Fenway Park over here. <laughs> he was so great in that movie. I really loved him. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I just wonder about that sometimes. Because, you know, we love the directors and the people that put these movies together in some ways. But then you think about it. Like, do they love it so much more than we do? Okay. So, check this out. (laughs) Rob Zombie. House of a Thousand Corpses. Fucked up shit. Like, Rob Zombie. Fucked up movies, right? However, he's a fucking vegan. Uh, wow. Okay. Like, they're not actually like trying to make everybody suffer. This is just an outlet, a creative outlet for them to get things out there. Sure. I mean, I know, I know how art works. I mean, I, I, I'm not a creative person, but I know that I can watch scary movies and get scared, but, and and this will be my outlet. But you know how, like you say that there's uh, there's always um, some truth in a joke or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wonder sometimes. You never know. I'm not whatever. I'm just saying. Like sometimes we don't know what attracts people to certain things, and we don't know what makes people obsess over certain things. But it does take a long time to film a movie, which could become borderline obsession <laughs> especially getting no. it done it's not something you just like yeah hey, i'm gonna try this out for two hours and i'm done with it like if you commit to it you're in it so i, I do want to say one last thing about cannibal holocaust yeah um i'm so glad that i waited this long to watch it because even though i had um really hard responses to the movie i'm glad i did it after i've had some kind of treatment for my ptsd mm-hmm. Because it was for, you know, sexual abuse. So I can't imagine having to try to process this movie, not having addressed those issues at first. Yeah. The name itself, it really like, it kind of throws you for a slight loop because you think cannibals, you think Holocaust are two really bad things, right? But when you really put them together and you think about the movie after seeing it, the cannibal Holocaust is, 
it's like we're sympathizing for the cannibals because they got uh it's their holocaust in a sense they were the ones who were um well not really because they didn't get completely eradicated but that was sort of what was like they're so baiting them to happened, fight each other off in a sense what started happening when dickhead allen walked into the first village was what happened when you know the europeans came to oh. north america like it's it's the same fucking yeah thing. it's the same kind of thing yeah exactly and um you know these indigenous tribes don't know any better they get scared and baffled it's, off by these you know that. travelers with uh stuff they don't have shiny things you know, shiny things guns switch blades. It, it's not like they're dumb or anything it's everybody's happiness looks different and then maybe they're happy living that way how many of us how many people like think about it this way how many people are working their asses off working nine to fives um and, and killing themselves every day to one day retire somewhere quiet and remote or how many people are doing all that shit to be able to fucking take a nap these are all these things that we're putting all these societal pressures on ourselves to make the most money to have the biggest house to have the baddest car to have this and that all for what so that we can retire someplace quiet mm, i guess so I don't know. I think That's most people, yeah, most people are. Most people are for sure. Some people like the hustle and bustle, probably always stay in the middle of like a crowded city of some sorts. But yeah, I've always been a workaholic and I'm always going to be in the city. I'm always going to be in LA. But I'd like to, you know, take a nap mm -hmm. <laughs> at some point. Well, would you like to travel down to uh, the Brazil and see what's going on in the uh, Amazon and the jungles here? And uh... I'm afraid that I wouldn't be let back into the country. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is the show for today. All right. So this is a good one. Um, do we have any suggestions or anything for what are we doing? Now? I know we, you surprised me. I surprised you. Are we just we'll just surprise everybody else next time, I guess. We won't talk about what movie we're going to get into, but sounds good to see. me. Yeah. I like what you did earlier today. You put a little post with like the opening credits to see if anybody could guess what movie we were watching. So maybe we'll do a little thing like that too. We'll throw a little teaser post on Instagram or something. Won't won't give you the full reveal, but we'll give you a little teaser to see if you can figure out what movie it is before the episode airs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Also, I should probably clean my house. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for visiting us today. You're welcome. It's always great coming over. Not you. <laughs> just kidding. I know. I know. I, it was just a joke. Thanks for visiting us today. We hope to see you next week. Don't forget to check out our website, icecreampodcast.com. Uh, sign up for our newsletter where you can get more information and first dibs on merch. And visit us on social media. Ice Cream Parlor Podcast is our handle on almost everything. I like Instagram better than the other ones, so that's probably where I'm the most active. And that's it for this week. All right, that's it for this week. Signing off. See ya. Okay, bye. All right.